I almost think that we assume because we're family, it's mm. like a built-in relationship. Like, oh, I don't need to prioritize that because right. we had 15 years under the same roof. I know this person, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, I know the 18-year-old version of this person. But that's just it. Like, yeah. with your siblings, if you don't continue to pursue a relationship after you've left the house... Like any other relationship. You're just going to treat that person like they're still the high school version. Like, you're just going to keep living in yeah. that immature version of your relationship instead of like growing together being vulnerable with each other like getting to know the 25 year old version of Mm -hmm. you getting to know the 30 year old version of you what's up my name is cj finley and this is the thrive on life podcast i started a brand called thrive on life to help other mission-based people brands and businesses thrive each week we interview people on topics of business health relationships mindset and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guests are Gunnar and Seth Rogers, two brothers who co-host the Texish podcast. I asked them to write their own intro for this, so I'll read it off here to you now. Howdy, 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 everyone. We are the Texas Bros, the brothers on a mission to find out what it means to be a Texan in this historic yet evolving state. We love good stories, yummy bourbon, sunny days, and long-form conversations. And well, we also love having a good time along the way. This conversation was a lot of fun as both Seth and Gunnar do a great job of storytelling and showcasing their skills as fellow podcast hosts. During the episode, we chat about how they maintain a good relationship as siblings, why Gunnar is training to run 100 miles in the Leadville 100, and how Seth has managed to take calculated risks that have helped him build up his acting skills and career. So let's please welcome to the show, the Texas Bros, Seth and Gunnar Rogers. What is up, Thrive Fam? CJ Finley here again with another episode of the Thrive on Life podcast. Today, I'm very excited for today's guests because we're going to have some fun. I'm going to be speaking with the founders of the Tex-ish podcast, Mr. Seth and Gunnar Rogers. How are y'all doing today? I just, as soon as you started, I started smiling I, I was really like, big. I, like, we, we I got to hear we, your podcast voice got thrown on. And, and then I just started smiling And I was just like, more. yes, we're, we're like, this feels nice. We're, we're very excited. Thanks yeah. for having us, CJ. We really appreciate it. I have a podcast voice? Yeah, it, I, it, you toned it you like... Toned, it, you you toned brought it, it back down. down whenever you have a podcast intro voice. I think <laughs> we all do. <laughs> we all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like... Yeah. Ours is our all right, who does the intro for yours? We both do. It's both of us. Yeah. Because like, well, it'll... set start, I go... Howdy, 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 everyone. So, yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. And then I go, welcome back to Texas, the show about some things Texas. And some things not. And then our podcast voice kind of like... And then we bring it back there. to how we really talk. Yeah. So yeah, if you're yeah. listening to this, you can clearly tell that these guys are brothers. And one of the first <laughs> questions that I had for them... Sure. Uh, because I have my own brother is, how the fuck do you guys get along so well? Like every time I see <laughs> yeah. you, whether it's at the gym or now here in person, outside of the gym, because if you go to Squatch Frontier Fitness, you know that it kind of seemed like this integration of like everybody in Austin seems to somehow make it their way to go to Squatch Frontier Fitness. But I don't really get to see what people are doing outside of the gym. So it's nice to have you here. But yeah, how do you guys get along so well? 
That's you said you were gonna we, ask. Yeah, that. we get that a lot, and we get that a lot. And I, I feel like in the moment where I was like, "It's my best friend." Like, yeah, it, Look, we almost don't understand the question because yeah. we're like, "Shouldn't? Isn't this what siblings are supposed to be like?" Mm-hmm. Um, the first time somebody expressed to me that they got in like fist fights with their brothers, I was like, "What do you mean?" Like I don't why, like I don't understand. I always thought like aren't you supposed to fight other people because they're <laughs> with your, messing with your brother? Like, and I I guess I do understand that that's kind of the dynamic. Yeah. Uh, but I I can think of one instance for each of us. Sure. Where like we fought with yeah. each other and we were super young. Like super there was young. one time we were at you mentioned Western K Bob's. Yeah, K Bob's. There was yeah, a small yeah. restaurant in our hometown, a little town in Texas. And there was a bathroom and it only had one stall and we were both in the bathroom alone. Mm-hmm. And I know I was too young to be, I think mom sent me to the bathroom with you. Right. And you were on the toilet and you wouldn't come out and you like leaned down and I kicked you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the to, like, only, check on and you. what yeah, did he yeah, do? Yeah. Nothing. Well, I, like, well I like I hurt him. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I got in trouble. And then the baseball, uh, the you, baseball. One. Yeah. You actually kicked me in the face twice. I don't know if you remember this. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> We were getting ready for church one morning, and That's, uh, I had a habit kicking in the face. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was sitting on the ground putting my shoe on. Yeah, and I, I must have deserved it for something. You but did. like, you just kicked me in the face, you and I remember this one because you ran to mom immediately, <laughs> and I got in like I got in trouble. I don't know how exactly it happened, but I I remember. That, I remember um, this now. Gunner got off scot free, uh, and which then, I shouldn't have. And then there was the the one time I on purpose hurt Gunner, and I I'll always regret it. We were throwing the baseball back and forth, uh, and the way we were doing it, uh, I was hitting it against like a door in our garage that led to another yard. Uh, so I was throwing it, and I started throwing it really hard and really fast, and I don't know why. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna throw one as fast as I can to scare him. And I knew as soon as it left my hand that it was gonna hit him. And, and yeah. it hit him in the like the side, knocked my breath, knocked out. his breath out. I was like, "That's the worst thing I've ever done." Uh, <laughs> I felt so bad. Kicking you in the uh, face yeah, is yeah. the worst thing I've ever done. So those three instances are like the um, only yeah. Because yeah, I just remember when we were young, young, we would have friends come over, yeah. and we grew up like kind of out in the country, and we had pasture around us, and there was like an area where Seth's friends could build forts and mm-hmm. there was my area with my friends and like you were older so yours was further away further from the away, house yeah. and that was like when we were probably five and eight that sounds about right but then somewhere in the teenage years when our parents would go on date nights and like again small town yeah. if our parents went on date night they went to midland which was right the it's big, like a 45 minute yeah drive. 45 minute drive to the big town because that's where restaurants are if you want to like go hear music or watch a movie or get groceries or do anything <laughs> remotely fun go to the doctor you go to <laughs> yeah, midland you go to midland and you know seth was old enough from me to be the babysitter at that point right. so they would just leave me with seth and i guess most brothers in that situation would like invite other friends over or like yeah. the big brother would but be. i usually had your friends over like your, well, your if friends I had, usually but like over. It really became they would leave, we would order pizza, and we'd yeah. watch movies. And yeah. we kind of bonded over like movies and storytelling, yeah. and that just kind of started our like yeah. a best friendship. Like we loved when mom and dad would go on date night because it meant like we, we got could to hang out. Hang out. And yeah, I guess that just was the foundation of like 
So obviously that's when you're kids. What would you say to people out there that are trying to build a better relationship with their siblings, like at an adult age? Because it's one thing to have date, Mm -hmm. like almost like date night yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have these (laughs) like like, video games and sports and whatever. But when you're an adult and you're trying to manage, like obviously you're married, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So like there's obviously different dynamics when you're older. Like Mm -hmm. how do you keep such a close relationship? as an adult and yeah. what would you say to inspire other people out there too? Cause I, I look up to it and like mm-hmm. me and my brother are close, but it's just like y'all like mm-hmm. you just hear it yeah. when you're speaking are so in sync and it's kind of cool to watch. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, I, man. I would say, you know, we're benefiting now from proximity. Mm-hmm. Like there was seven years of, of like you truly just, I was in distance. Los Angeles. So he was in LA, I was in Texas yeah. and there was also the, so he was a freshman in college when I was a freshman in high school. Right. So it was like I was going through high school while you were going through college, but we're eight hours away. And I would say like what comes to my mind is we prioritized each other as friends. Like we prioritized the relationship like you would any other one, even when there was distance. Right. And I don't just mean geographically. Yeah. I think even when it it was never been awkward between you and me, but maybe in times of life where there was like disconnect or sure you know gunner and i get along really really well mm-hmm. uh but we are vastly different people mm-hmm. i hold certain beliefs that he doesn't hold and vice versa mm-hmm. so working through that i think his kind of to what you were saying how do you cultivate an understanding and a love and it really does just come from prioritizing checking in and making sure that the person you're talking to knows that you love them first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So anything that is a disagreement or is friction, they know is just seeking understanding. Yeah, and I think amidst the like the misunderstanding, I think we, especially today, have a tendency to yeah. experience things that we don't agree with or that we don't understand and we almost treat it as a propellant. Like, oh, I don't understand that. I'm going to move away now. But mm-hmm. because it's my brother and the person that like I admire most like I I'm the little brother I grew up wanting to be my big brother even amidst things that I don't understand that we don't understand instead of doing the move away action it's like moving toward like yeah, yeah leaning in leaning, leaning in even resistance. when it, yeah. even and without a goal I don't even like the things that I don't understand or the right. things in the past that we haven't understood about each other I don't think we've ever even sought to like agree or understand but to learn yeah. like I don't understand this about my brother, but I want to learn about it. Right. And I might come out the other side still not fully understanding it, but I at least know my brother. I think people view that as uncomfortable. And there were there, can, yeah. there's been phone calls that have had tears. There's been phone calls that have had empty space in them. And I think people yeah. want to avoid that. But I can definitely point to like, yeah, there was 10 years of not living in the same place, not living under the same roof. Yeah, But even when... I knew I was calling into empty space or into like some tension. You still call and like, yeah. So there's that piece. And I also think amidst that we've always also prioritized the things that we do agree on. Yeah. And, like the things that we share movies, movies, food, uh, going to the gym, going food, to the gym, like fit, like traveling, tra- uh, like we've been on several extremely long distance road trips together. Mm hmm. Purely for the intention of just being around each other. Yeah. Like, uh, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's that mix, right? Of like lean in yeah. when there's things you don't agree on, but also like make it a priority to continue sharing the things that you do agree on or that you do enjoy. Yeah. Like, 
Why do you think people don't make it a priority? Because it's easy. It's easy. I'm really glad we're doing this because we hardly ever yeah, get we to talk, really about, talk about like it. what it um, looks like to be brothers. But again, not, not ever thinking of these questions. I almost think that we assume because we're family, it's mm-hmm. like a built-in relationship. Like, oh, I don't need to prioritize that because right. we had 15 years under the same roof. I know this person, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, I know the 18-year-old version of this person. But that's just it. Like, yeah. with your siblings... If you don't continue to pursue a relationship after you've left the house, like any other relationship, you're just going to treat that person like they're still the high school version. Like you're just going to keep living in yeah. that immature version of your relationship instead of like growing together, being vulnerable with each other, like getting to know the 25 year old version of mm-hmm. you, getting to know the 30 year old version of you. Like, yeah, I just think we assume, oh, it's my sibling. Yeah. It's my family. They're there. But, like, with my wife, like, I've known her. She's the love of my life. I seek to know her every single day. That's how I keep building a relationship. I don't I don't think people understand fully, like, it's the same with your siblings. Yeah. It's right. intent. You got to yeah, be intentional. Exactly. You do have to be I intentional. I like this. And I wanted to start the conversation off like that only because, yeah. like, I saw that from both of you like just seeing how you interact at squatch and then obviously listen to your podcast and it's almost like damn like i wish i had like that type of relationship with my brother um i do think it's a proximity thing like if he lived closer to yeah me, yeah like, and we can't stress that would. enough like you would, yeah like, truly uh we're benefiting from like yeah seeing each other on a regular basis yeah. like i mean you even brought your intern here yeah, yeah turns got, your cousin right who's also family <laughs> yeah we love and adore and we love having her around yeah um yeah even even when we were apart though we did make that effort to systematically connect and check in and at least on my part i was interested in his development as, as a young man and i want to know what was changing what he was learning you know all of those things um and i why I, were you like that I don't know uh, other than watching him grow up is one of my favorite things. And um, I knew from a very young age that my little brother was special and uh, would do great things. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no. I don't think that's hey. the type of special he was thinking about. No, no. Uh, I love you. <laughs> I, uh, when I think about Gunner, I think he represents the best parts of what it means to move through the world as a good man and uh i just prioritized making sure that he was always going to be part of my life and i knew that it would be on you know both of us but that somebody has to pick up the phone first i love that that's a great quote right there somebody has to pick up the phone first give the audience a little bit of a picture of like where you actually did grow up yeah um just so that they know like la is like the exact Opposite, opposite complete of where you in it, grew yeah. up. Yeah, so give well, them a paint a little bit of a picture of yeah. that, and then also what brought you to LA. Man, we are we're fortunate in that we're from a county with some you know funding for the arts. So I do want to say that up front, and we had some great teachers who were very influential. But if you've ever seen the movie Friday Night Lights, you know that it is Keyword God Country mo- football movie, movie movie, not the TV, not show. the TV show. Uh, God Country football, not always in that order. And oil God country. (laughs) (laughs) And that is for the, for the viewer, for the listener, that is the big town near our small town. So we are from 
the country that is sun-drenched, uh, war-torn, mesquite, flat, pump jacks, if you don't smell oil, all the money's gone. Yeah. It is one of the hardest places to live, and it is where Texans are made. Yeah. It's where, when you think of, like, Texas grit. Like, yeah, like, that's not, where it comes from. I always like to... I, and it sucks because I look back and, like... When I was younger, I hated our hometown. Yeah. But I, th- I think everyone hates their hometown when they live mm. in it. Agreed. But, you know, now we live in Austin, and I have so much appreciation and pride for, like... I'm from the place where, when you think of what Texas grit is, you're thinking of that town. Yeah. Like... Small enough that everybody knows each other, mm-hmm. big enough and solid enough economically that nobody you know is struggling super hard. Yeah, uh, there are towns you know near us, Big Spring, Lamisa, mm-hmm. etc. Kermit, Monahans, and they they don't get by the same way Andrews does. Yeah, there's there's a fire to the souls of the people there mm-hmm. uh, that kind of keeps it going, and it's partially because it's just better suited economically. Yeah, like- yeah. Think dry, think tumbleweeds, think hot, think playing football in the 102 degree heat, mm-hmm. uh, you know, two a days. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are, there are two things to do. Watch football on Friday night and go find a kegger afterwards. Yeah. Like, like we, we've, we've, <laughs> it sounds like a character, but like we've ridden pump jacks. Mm-hmm. What is a pump jack? Oh man. Wait, uh, you know, I don't you know, know in movies when, he, when, when you see, that, have you seen Friday is. Night Lights I or, have. you know, the like. Machinery. It's got like a hammer it's got and it a goes hammer up and, down. and it's like moving Okay, up and down. yeah, yeah. That's a That's pump jack. That's a pump jack. Um, uh, yeah, we've ridden those. We and it's horrifying. Know, <laughs> we uh, built forts out of dirt and yeah, you built, know, built fences in the summer. Yeah, built fences in the Bob summer. Stewart's land, like um, just <laughs> you ride horses when you can. So yeah. how did yeah. how did you end up there in the first place? How did your parents end up there? So our dad is from a little town called San Angelo, bigger than you know, biggest city in the country without a major highway. There you go. Uh, San Angelo, Texas, it's where our grandparents still live. Uh, he went to Angelo State. Um, he has a bachelor's in animal science. Animal science. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I almost said animal yeah. husbandry. <laughs> and I, I, think, I think his minor is in business. My, uh, no. I can't, no. no. No business. No bus- I think it yeah. was a minor in like chemistry or something. And he wanted to be a rancher. So he first started working uh, in Weatherford, right? Herford. Herford. Herford at a feedlot decided pretty quickly that wasn't what he wanted like to do. Like two months into it. Yeah, he was like, this is terrible. Yeah, and we're, ta- uh, we're talking like 3 a.m. up, get on yeah. the horse, get the cows fed. Like he was working on a feedlot. And I think those are real mornings, cowboy shit. Like real actual like yeah. cowboy shit. And where he lucked out was they had him start learning the computer system. And he went out and uh, I think the story is he met these two, what do you call them, brokers. Like broke uh, financial brokers. Right. But they were specifically commodities. Yeah. So that Where he do met you these... meet financial brokers? Amarillo. So, Amarillo, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm like, so yeah, Amar- yeah. yeah, Amarillo is to Hereford what Midland is to Andrews. Okay. Yeah. So he meets these these commodities brokers, uh, younger guys out to lunch talking about you know various possibilities with the feedlot he's working at. And he goes, I want to do what you guys do has kind of like a follow-up call with one of them. Yeah. And they're like, you actually don't want to do what we do. You want to do this, uh, which happens to be like personal finance. Yeah. Um, he's an, uh, what do you call it? Wealth management. Wealth management, wealth uh, manager, yeah. financial advisor. Um, he now works for a company called UBS. Um, but he ends no up. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to work for UBS. You used to work for, were you a financial advisor? That was my job. <laughs> what, uh, do you, okay. I was an engineer though, so I was okay, on the tech yeah, side. So different. Uh, okay, yeah, so yeah, different. Okay, my first. Very sophisticated company. Salary. Yeah. yeah, they sent me to Switzerland for yeah. five weeks. And that's no, uh, Are you serious? I swear to God. I love Switzerland. Yeah, it was so pretty. Amazing. No one 
someone would jump out of a helicopter with me when I was there. What Weird. the heck? Was, was, That's crazy. Sad. Yeah, but I, uh, I did a 40, 40 km bike ride, 30, yeah. 30 mile bike serious? ride around Dude, Interlocking. That's awesome. Yeah. Dang. UBS sent me there. That is crazy. If I could, like, if I had to live what somewhere out of the world. country, I might choose Switzerland. <laughs> I, yeah. That's uh, awesome. Sorry to cut you off. No, but please. That's that funny. Is, no, that's freaking No, that's wild. hilarious. Well, we've known uh, each other for almost a year. And we and haven't. We've never gotten yeah. to explore that. Dude. Well, here we are. There yeah, we go. But so he, he gets told, you know, you want to do this. Luckily, our Nana, so his mom, yeah. knew an Edward Jones, I believe this is correct, like knew an Edward Jones broker at the time. Yeah. Edward Jones was growing. Well, because he applied everywhere. Applied everywhere. But he had a degree in animal science. So. so there's that. <laughs> um, Jones. Uh, I don't, I, that's a whole separate, like, what yeah, is yeah. animal science? Yeah, I, yeah, basically, yeah. it was like he could have been a, he could have gone straight to being a ranch hand, which is mm-hmm. basically what he did, or he could have been a vet. Okay. Yeah. And we are, so our grandparents set up a new direction for like our family, honestly. Yeah, truly. I mean, our, our grandpa worked at a publishing plant mm-hmm. in San Angelo, started at the bottom rung when he was 17, worked all the way up to like a plant manager. Yeah, literally the highest position he could get without a college degree. Yeah, and so that meant that our dad and uh, our cousin's dad, Uncle Richie, uh, could go to college Yeah, and books were paid for, school was paid for. And like that set our family on like a new direction. So yeah. basically our dad actually wanted to go to A&M, but he got in, couldn't afford it. So he right. goes to Angela state, stays at home, works three jobs. And I, I think he wanted to be a vet in reality, but going to graduate school was just not on the table because of that type of situation. But yeah, he uh, got an opportunity to be a Jones broker yeah. ended up for six months. He would like work at the feed lot, mm-hmm. go work out, study had to take all these tests take all these you got to get your series 10 and series like all 10, that, yeah. your series 66 series mm-hmm. 63 group one passes all the tests and like that's when he starts working for jones and they sent him to washington right for training yeah, he had to go to a couple different places yeah. goes to like st louis omac washington livingston texas mm-hmm. then he can finally choose his own place to go and he this is when in the 80s when oil was booming in west texas so he knew like if i go out to west texas knock on doors i'm gonna be able to get into i'm gonna be some, able to get into some like get some big accounts honestly yeah. like pretty wise <laughs> decision he he's always been kind of that way just very driven yeah. so it, it was kind of a no-brainer yeah so, so he, he moves to andrews and that's where he meets our mom's parents in sunday school mm-hmm. and the story goes that they were like, you need to meet our daughter. And eventually they met. Yeah. Dated for three months, engaged for three months, got married, had Seth like a year later. That's what's up. Um, so yeah, that's <laughs> that's how we ended up in Andrews. Our dad went there to yep. build his business and that's what he's done. And again, like... Is he still is he still in business? Or does he, he, will, he has said since he started. So he actually said when he started being a broker, he was 25. Mm-hmm. I want to work for 50 years. So he will not retire until he's 75. And yeah. frankly, I bet he gets to 75 and just it decides, is like, I'm good. Eh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing it. Cause he's, um, he's at that point in this, in that particular business where he's yeah. backed off except for like the, the Major people decisions. that, you know, his most important clients Yeah, and he's got it systemized. So he doesn't always have to be in person and you know, yeah. But I mean, that's off the heels of right. almost 30 years uh, of, of 30 years of setting it up, of getting up, getting us out yeah. of bed. Our mom would take us to school. Dad would mm-hmm. come home and eat dinner with us and go back to the office. Yeah, pretty like, much. And I, I also like, I do want to give him credit for 
rarely missed any of your baseball games. No, nope, never missed ne- a play. Never missed a play. He always showed up yeah. uh, for those important things. Our parents were like the best parents. Yeah, like, like truly. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Gunnar and Seth. I hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You'll also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Gunnar and Seth Rogers. And our mom, like our mom has, has an awesome story as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was born in Alpine. Yeah. Uh, No, Crane. Crane. That's right. Crane moved, moved Alpine. to Alpine. She moved to like seven towns before. Her dad was a football coach. Yeah. Uh, and did various things. He would work in the oil field. He would be a coach. He would eventually become like a superintendent. So they moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of three. And uh, it's funny. She spent the, her formative years in like uh, Roswell. Roswell. Yeah. Roswell, New Mexico, New Mexico. And then Andrews. And then high school in Andrews. So, so she moved away. She was a teacher. She went to tech uh, and would teach in Crane for a little bit. And that's when her and dad started dating. Yeah, when she was Kermit. a teacher. And they Kermit. were in Kermit. I get my towns messed up. Yeah. I love how you uh, say yeah, these yeah. town names like any of any of us. <laughs> right, any of us know where this is the Texas. Watch like, the Texas podcast. You learn all about <laughs> these crazy about small these towns. But yeah, so they started dating when she was in Kermit, and uh, it just it, it is interesting how Andrews yeah. became the hub. Came the hub. Uh, I mean, it actually is. We'll get to how you got to LA in a second. Oh, for like, sure. You yeah. Just ask us, and I guess we're rambling because we're texting. No, I, I, I love it. It's a good even, backstory. And like it, to point how small of a town it is. So our mm-hmm. mom went to the high school we went to. Yes. Graduated from the high school we graduated from. Mm-hmm. She was Miss AHS when she was in high school. Yeah. And there's a wall in our high school with all the Miss AHSs on it. She's up there. And so when we went to high school, our friends got to point to our mom and be like. <laughs> Say all the things I'm sure about our mom, and we had to endure that. So, yeah, of the oh, many man. things our mom accomplished, she was also she was also hot in high school. There so. you go. Um, That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Roots and Andrews. Roots and Andrews. But man. Uh, I all to say, our parents were all, were great parents and raised us to work hard, to yeah. be driven, and honestly to dream big. Because another piece of being from that area of Texas. It's a great culture from the like grit and the working hard yeah. part, but there is an element to it of like, go to high school, play football, go to the oil field, go to the oil field. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But our parents did raise us with more of a like, go do something, go do, go make out, an impact, leave, um, like go to college. Well, the, the cool thing is like your dad went there for a purpose. Yeah. Like it wasn't like hearing that story and, this is why I love podcasting because when you get to share stories like that, 
but you get to pull out the little threads that are in the story where it's it's not like you just he just stumbled upon Andrews right. and he was just, just like, just like get assigned. There. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he he went there with an, an intent of this is where I'm going to build my business and mm-hmm. there's a reason why I'm going to build my business and it connects with me because like I'm from a small town in New Jersey and like yeah. if you ever asked me about moving to Texas, I would be like <laughs> You're fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I'm an Eagles fan. Right. So, yeah. so that's not so gonna So you're already like, in you're it, already just can't already. even can't even like the Cowboys. It's funny how like, you're what? just now confessing that to uh, us, right. by the way, because we probably would have said no to the podcast. I mean, you're wearing a Phillies I feel hat. Like... So. Well, I mean, like, look, I can be a Phillies fan, but I can't be an Eagles fan. That's the reality. Fair enough. I should have known by the color scheme in here. <laughs> oh, Actually, wow. the color scheme in here is just because my last studio was black, and I wanted ah. to like liven it up a little oh, bit. Okay. And I'm gonna add some plants in here, so it's gonna like oh. nice kind with of a the green plants. Really, right, it, it thrive. It. It's like got a yeah, whole thing. exactly. Yeah. It's like thriving. Like I, I like black and white only because I'm yeah. colorblind. But like <laughs> for like thriving, like the color scheme needs a little yeah, bit, a little of bit of growth to it. To it. Yeah, yeah. We so like like it. It. all right, that's where that came from. And yeah, that it, it hits home with me because being in Austin, mm-hmm. like one of the reasons that. I moved here was okay this is a great spot for health and wellness but then also building startups and building yeah. podcasts and building yeah. the things that i want to build so i hit yeah. it hits home with how your dad went about what he was doing and yeah. then you would never guess that unless you got to tell that story so yeah sounds like seth tried to do the same thing a little bit when yeah. he moved to la yeah. but like let's yeah. let's hear that from you so when i graduated um i went to college with no real purpose in mind uh i just knew i had to go to college I knew I wanted to be an actor, but I also knew I had to get an actual degree. And so I, you know, I went, I, I got one of the, you know, easier degrees you can get. I've got a BS in public relations. Hook what up. does that look like? <laughs> uh, as far as like the actual Yeah, schooling. like getting a degree. Yeah, in that. Yeah. What does that look yeah. like? Well, I yeah, wouldn't know. Because your engineering re- background yeah, yeah. like, what it, that's not. Well, um, I mean, you could say the same thing to me. Like, sure. it's like, what does an engineering degree actually yeah, look like? Uh, dude, I'll be 100% honest. I rarely showed up. I uh, took all my tests after I read the books. And, like, <laughs> you know, I worked at a smoothie place all through uh, my, my college career. Cool. Just because I knew I didn't want the college thing. And we can go into that if just you checking want. Checking boxes. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, I was I honestly it. just checking a box. Um, it was actually funny because, like, I would visit Austin mm-hmm. as a high schooler and be like, "Let's go do college stuff." Right. And I'd be like, "Why?" And Seth would be like, "What does that mean?" What does that mean? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, truly. Uh, you, all my friends were out of college, and I had a very different life than most of my college friends. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I always had wanted to be an actor and was just kind of checking a box, as soon as I graduated, I was a little adrift. Uh, I tried to get some jobs in the entertainment world that were adjacent to, you know, things I knew how to do. So I interviewed with the public relations firm here that did a lot of like movie PR and that type of thing. I interviewed with a couple ad agencies because I was always a good copywriter. Mm-hmm. You also and interned at Livestrong. I did intern at Livestrong, which is cool. they offered you a job, but it paid for like, no pay. I mean, they it offered paid, you a volunteer. Yeah, they basically. offered me a six-month extension on my internship that might turn into... They like, gave you a bunch of bands. They gave me a bunch of bands. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was your payment. I actually had to pay for my band. Yeah, I had to pay a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you had to donate. I had to donate. You had yeah, to donate. To, I did to donate. Ball sack hey, it's a write-off. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so <laughs> with with all that, I was just kind of adrift, um, and decided one night while I was at home, if I don't do something right now, I'm never going to do it. So I packed everything I owned into my truck and left for Los Angeles, and decided I was going to be an actor. So once I hit there, I did everything in my power to 
both try and please worry parents and be like, Hey, I have a job, like everything's okay, but also pursue the acting dream. Did you go out? Did you like get in your truck before you like had a place to stay? Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 100%. Um, I spent about a month sleeping in my truck. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, which is easier than it sounds from my perspective. Cause I would just, I would, well, I would throw a tarp over myself in the, in the bed of the pickup. I would shower at gold's gym where I had a membership and just kind of was looking for places to stay. I mean, the weather there is the weather. Totally fine. The weather was yeah. great at the time. Uh, yeah. It was late summer, so the day was kind of hot. But as long as you park near the beach, you have that breeze, and it was do- it was doable. Found a place that I could hold up for a while. Uh, you know, <laughs> slowly drain my savings account. And while I was kind of trying to figure out what does an actor do, like what do you what do you actually do? How do you act? Um, I met my ex fiance. Um, we, you know, fell in love, kind of started building that relationship. And to be honest, took my off the ball and didn't push as hard as I could have. And cut to seven years later, I did some stuff. I, if you look up, you know, things online, I've got some commercials, music video, uh, some short films. Just really quick, because he was the main character in a Blake Shelton music video. And that yeah. music video won music video of the year at the CMT Movie Awards that year. Not so, going like, to say it was because of me, but... But, you know, you look pretty good. But you look... You, 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 you know, look like you sell... Fairly yeah, good. Yeah. The, the big takeaways there <laughs> are just, uh, for me anyway, are self-reliance and learning that I can do it. There is nothing that I could decide to do that I can't do. So COVID hit in, you know, 2020, uh, at the time I was engaged and I was, I was walking dogs as a side job. I had gotten into that, was going to try and become like a canine unit trainer and everything fell apart. Uh, my job, my, you know, my relationship, uh, you, me, and this is still in LA. This is still yeah, in Los still Angeles. In and let's see. So December of 2020, I break up, you know, we break the engagement off. I kind of come back home for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> mom had COVID at the time. So she had me, yeah, she Our had, mom a bad, had, had COVID very badly. COVID. Uh, me and dad just like drank old fashions and watched Cobra Kai. It was a really like strangely fun <laughs> Christmas. Uh, but after that, I just kind of had to get my life together. So I moved back to Los Angeles for a little bit, got my stuff, um, stayed with a friend for about a month and a half while I kind of figured out the next step. And that was really when I started reaching out to Gunner about, Hey man, I'm thinking maybe it's time to move back. It was like a simultaneous outreach because so on my end of things, like to almost even back up, like my brother is one of the people I look up to most specifically because like. We come from a town where you go to high, again, you go to high school, mm-hmm. you stay, or, you know, if you leave, you get a job in finance or in oil and you kind of yeah. come back anyway. And even within our family, like, you know, our dad, our grandparents set a new precedent for our family. Our dad continued that precedent. And then my older brother follows his dreams and goes to LA. And yeah. like, to me, that's one of the most inspirational things in my entire life because I'm pretty much always tempted towards security. Like what makes the most sense? I have my dreams. I have what I want to do with my life, but you know, what, what am I supposed to do instead of what do I want to do? But I have this like orientation to my brother got in his truck and drove to LA because that's what his dream was. And he went and did it. And so the entire time he was out there, I'm always like thinking of like, if I'm at a crossroads, what is following my dreams look like? What? Cause that's what Seth did. But at the same time, I'm missing my brother cause he's all the way in LA and I only get yeah. to see him once or twice a year. And so, 
this sounds bad, but when his engagement sort of just fizzled out and things were bad, I almost saw it as an opportunity to get my brother back. Like, hmm. so while, yeah, he was calling me like, what should I do? I was also calling him like, come back to Austin. Yeah. Like you've done some stuff, but also COVID is sort of running rampant through the film industry. People are filming things here. You can yeah. still act. Me and my wife are here. Uncle Richie's here. Like you have family here. There's no mask here, really. Yeah. So like, that there's, there's a lot of pros. There, there's a lot of pros to leaving during LA that time. And here. Yeah. So like, and there I'm comes almost, that point of like, I think by February of 2021, I'm mm. calling him every day. Like, when are you coming? When are you coming? When are you coming? Yeah. When are you coming? When are you coming? And I really am like, it's. I'm packing. I'm selling things. I'll be right there. And I'm like, when are you coming? Yeah. When are you coming? When are you? And finally, like, we decide you're coming. And I also like buy a plane ticket to Phoenix. So I don't yeah. even say I'm flying to LA. I'm like, I'm flying to halfway there. Right. And you have to pick me up or my wife's going to be pissed because now I'm stranded in Arizona mm-hmm. and I've got to spend money to fly back. Yeah. So I kind of guilted him. Like, yeah. I was like, all right, trigger's pulled. You're coming back. Yeah. And so, yeah, he picks me up in Phoenix, uh, I guess, like right after Easter of 2021. Yeah, I think it was right so after So a little Easter. over a year ago. Yeah. And we have this like three day road trip back to Austin planned out, just like stopping in Flagstaff, stopping yeah. in Albuquerque, stopping in Andrews, our hometown. And along the way, we start talking about coming back to Austin. Mm-hmm. I'm in Austin. We haven't lived in the same town since high school. Let's make something together. Like, we always talk about movies, we always talk about comedians, we always talk about creativity i had started freelancing as a writer at the time and was listening to more podcasts and wanted something creative to do and so on this drive home we were like let's make a podcast we didn't listen to the radio music like podcast we just talked for three days the whole way and uh i think by the end of three days when you're not out of topics to discuss you're like all right we should probably do something we we should probably like turn the mics on yeah yeah like make something out of this and so yeah yeah, that was kind of that was kind of the return. That was journey. the journey home, but it yeah. was also the the genesis of the Texas podcast and like that that dream, so to speak. Yeah. Um, First, before I get into the next little question, I have uh, you should both read the Crossroads between Should and Must by El mm-hmm. Luna. So when you were talking about like what should you do, you mm-hmm. kind of like teeter yeah. on that line mm-hmm. rather than what. What is calling you? What must you do with your life? That book, it's like a, it's a, it's a water painting book, but for adults. Okay. And it's cool the way that I somewhat, it's probably my most gifted book to people only because you read it in one day. So it's just like the odds of somebody actually reading it. But then two, it's like so different from other books. So like as an adult, it's actually enjoyable read because it is like quotes and a painting book. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, you get stimulation from it. I actually picked it up in... I forget what the store is called. It was in the malls back in the day. Hot Topic. Um, no. Um, Spencer's. No. Um, Journeys. No. It's, it starts with an A, I think. Mary Calendar. American no, Eagle. No. Aeropostale. Auntie Anne's. No. <laughs> but it had like knickknack. Oh, on top yeah. of the fashion, I had like knickknacks, books, mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. And I was in Houston in, they have like a domain, but it's called something different. I forget sure, what it's called. Sure, the Galleria. Yeah. The, the Galleria. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's um, what it is. There, and there's one other one near Katie. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And Catherine, as we call it. Catherine. <laughs> and just randomly I'm in this place yeah. and like this book caught my eye and like completely like changed my life because yeah. you read it and you're just 
you start thinking back to all the decisions mm-hmm. that you made where mm-hmm. you're just like, I should have done that. I should have yeah. done that. I should have done that. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, wait a second. Like what right now can I have an impact on of like, what must I do rather than what are people telling me I should do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scrap that. So I think that would be a good read for you. Yeah. Um, and it was nice hearing the backstory of like how Texas came about. But obviously I know that that three-day trip and whatever is all mm-hmm. glamour, right? It's like yeah. it feels good, everything's good. That's yeah. the like put in rubber to the road is is much harder. So Way harder. When you got yeah. here and mm-hmm. you're just like the dust settles and you're just like shit, like, okay, I'm not in LA anymore. Mm-hmm. And I actually probably should figure out what I want to do with my life here in Austin rather than LA run us through what that looked like. Because I think a lot of people, one had the same thing happen to them. Like Mm -hmm. during COVID it's just like in some way their life got blown up. Mm -hmm. It's like, like for me, for instance, I thought it's your first time in this studio. Mm -hmm. I had my own office. I was spending $3,600 a month on this Least that I thought sure. I was going to do co-working and project-based mm-hmm. stuff with other people. You had a full COVID vision happens. for yeah, you had, yeah, at a retail, a mini retail, yeah. getting ready to mm-hmm. be built out, a growing spot yeah. in Austin. Like, and I thought I struck gold, mm-hmm. and then COVID, and then yeah. I had to completely pivot. So everyone has that story, but I also know what it's like to recreate yourself and how freeing that can be, mm-hmm. and how the bad, if that never happened bad quote unquote sure. you don't have texas mm-hmm. right yeah. so yeah. and you don't have when we were chatting before this podcast you have an intern now and you're talking about mm-hmm. releasing gear and all this yeah. other <laughs> cool stuff that you're going to be doing right yeah um so you wouldn't have that without the valley mm-hmm. but when you're in the valley you can't even see a peak it's yeah. much harder mm-hmm. so what was that like when you came to austin it was two things. Like you said, there was, for me, a clarity that I had not had in a long time that I'm here for a reason. I don't necessarily know what it is, but I know it involves Gunner. I know it involves doing something creative, and I know that it will be the catalyst for something bigger. So that was nice. I had been able to wrangle like a, like a remote job. So I'm a, I'm a freelance copywriter. Uh, it's kind of what I do. And I, I had a contract in place that was going to carry me. So money-wise, I didn't really have to worry anymore, which was nice. Uh, because for seven years, I don't think I made more than $20,000 in a year. Um, it was very difficult in that I truly learned what struggle was. So to have that taken away and be like, all right, well, now you have freedom, which is what you said you always wanted. So it's yours. Here you go. It was so incredibly difficult to untangle the person that I had become out of necessity from the person that I wanted to be and knew I could be. So every step was predicated on, will this take me a step closer to this person? Because this person isn't who you wanted to be. It's just who you became. So how do you get from point A to point Z? Point A to point Seth. Yeah, point A to point Seth. Uh, <laughs> and man, it's it's one of those things. Sometimes I tell people like in more intimate settings, like, I feel like Gunner isn't talking about like past lives. It's not as though he was my brother in a past life. I feel like we were the same person in a past life. And so there's this connection here that Mm -hmm. for me, I feel like fuels everything I've been doing here. And it became easier and easier as I found a place to stay, as I, you know, settled in there. We found a gym where we found community. Shouts out Uh, Squatch. Yeah. So being able to give that energy and build life from it was really integral to 
taking the steps to put the rubber on the road mm-hmm. and putting skin back in the game. Cause it's easy to, you know, call your brother and joke around and talk about movies. It's something else entirely to dedicate yourself to a purpose where there's, you know, two minds at work. There's, mm-hmm. you know, two different people working on it at the same time. So as we got closer and closer to that, we pulled the trigger on getting the mics, which yeah. we started out with little snowballs. Snowballs. Uh, that USB, plug right into the computer. Right into the computer. If we had guests on, we would share a snowball. We would share a snowball and give microphone. Them the other one because we couldn't get. I have an episode. Yeah. Where I shared a lav mic attached to a whisk. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm man. not even kidding. That's dude. what it takes. Shout That's out what Hamza it takes. and Faiz. Dude, like, shout in my out. living room. Yeah. That's awesome. We did plenty of podcasts in your, you know, in your living room on on your couch. In my living uh, room, we've, I mean, we've sacrificed audio quality to meet guests where mm-hmm. they are. Where they like, want to go. Uh, we uh, got lucky and got to you squatch for a little bit. We have and, two Instagrams because yeah. I got us locked out of our original <laughs> one. Like, yeah, you know, all the scrappy little stuff. Um, but it's interesting because as the vision got more clear, the little like things that would go wrong or those little things, they just don't matter. Mm-hmm. They're just tiny steps toward the vision that you're starting to, you know, paint in a, mm-hmm. you know, in a clear and, and way. It's just always clear that if we stumble, we stumble forward. Like if the content doesn't land, yeah. we're stumbling forward. If the right. quality is not where we want it to be, we're stumbling forward. If, We've got to change schedules last second and it kind of sucks in the moment. Like yeah. we're stumbling forward. You start to stop judging your painting based off one stroke. Yeah. That's yeah. what I realized. Mm-hmm. Like nobody judged P- Picasso off of one stroke he made. Yeah. Like if you right. if you just walked up to there was that a one blank canvas but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you make one stroke. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell is that? Like, right. that but mean? then like even five strokes and you're like, what is that? And yeah. it's just like it takes time for yeah, it to does. see it. And even if you mess up one stroke, like just do 99 other great mm-hmm. strokes and the one stroke yeah. fades well, away. And learn from the 90, like exactly. learn from the 98 that gets you to the 99. I think like, you know, for anyone listening who wants to start a podcast, just like, start it, just start it. The start thing with that we a did, lab mic on a whisk. Yeah. Like the thing we did phone. in the beginning is say for so long, Yeah, one podcast a week, no matter what. Yeah. Like that was it. That was the minimum mm-hmm. that was acceptable. And then there were a few times, like we yeah. released on Mondays, we've recorded at 5 PM on a Monday and, published it at 558 like yeah so it's cool to hear that because i would record on anchor on my mm-hmm, phone mm-hmm. with a dual lav mic that i got for 30 bucks off amazon i would record mm-hmm. and then literally right then and there i'd write the the description, the description. The description. Yep. i had no like notes on like key topics or anything i yeah. just wrote mm-hmm. the description and pressed because I was kind of the same way. I was like zero to fifty. It's just about the connection I make yeah. with interviewing, yep. right? And yep. back to your like stroke metaphor, you can't you can't paint the whole picture unless you start painting. Yeah, I, just, I think I there's like too. Ma- I say that because I think there's too many people that like would see your setup right now mm-hmm. and think like they have to start there. That's the starting point. And the crazy thing is, this is this is how the human brain works. Yeah. I hate this setup because I'm like I know <laughs> what I want the setup to be because yeah. yeah. you just like get better and better and better. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, I know exactly yeah. what I want my setup to be. But right now, like, I think again, you and I connect on that. Yeah, because I blessed to be building a house where yeah. I'm going to have a better setup for me, my solo ones. And then now that we re-signed the lease here, yeah. I'm comfortable like investing. Cause I didn't know if we yeah. would even, we were going to stay here. Yeah. But now like, you don't want to uh, drill things into the wall. Exactly. Right. Unless I'm going to be here now. for another year. Cause then yeah. I'm comfortable putting the work in. Um, yeah. So in the next coming months, it's going to be more plants, more mm-hmm. inspirational work. Maybe some Texas gear. Some yeah, te- dude. That's whoa, not Texas. Whoa, whoa, I was yeah. like, wait, that's You're like, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, wait, uh, this is, uh, uh, this is not that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like, 
I hate that there are people that think they have to be at step 1000 yeah. when they're only in step one. And like, you can still make really good stuff with. So it sounds like you had that. A lot of people, when they start a podcast, they don't have that mature attitude, mm-hmm. but because y'all have had the struggles prior to coming into a podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though you've, you have the mindset and mentality when you started the podcast to like, okay, we're just going to put an episode out per week. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to like, we're going to set bars that we can hit. Yeah. What have been some of the struggles of building the brand and getting guests and where you want to go moving forward? Cause you are competitive people. I can mm-hmm. tell just from hanging around you, you are calm, cool and collected and have humility. But I know like deep down, like you both are chasing something mm-hmm. as you should be. We all should be while we're here on earth. What were those struggles? And they don't even have to look like struggles, but like mm-hmm. what were some of the things that uh, maybe came up while you're, starting the podcast or recording. Dude, I'll, I'll even start with one that I have every day. Like it's not even was a struggle, just is a struggle. But you pointed out, I didn't know you knew this about me or us. Very competitive. I see mm-hmm. when I see people achieving what I perceive as like notoriety or success that I want in a podcast and frankly believe like our product is better when I see shows growing at a rate that I want my show to grow and know for a fact that they're gaming the system or they know somebody that I, whatever it is, whatever I scheme in my head is justifying like they're achieving growth that I want. And I don't have yet, which is very immature on my part, but you know, it's a struggle every day to be content with this is where text ish is right now. And that's good. And I'm thankful for that. But it's really hard every day to not listen to a show that I like, like a Your Mom's House podcast. And it's massive and they're selling merch and they get to do it for a living. And I'm like, ah, I want that. Or I see a show that I don't like and a person who I disagree with or just a show that I perceive as my show is better than that. But they have 20,000 followers. We have not that. Have you ever watched The Last Dance? Uh, with yeah, Michael, the Jordan. Michael Jordan one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So something that really helped me because I empathize with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Something that really helped me though was when I watched that and he won his first championship. How he just falls on the floor and just mm-hmm. starts bawling his eyes yep. out. Yep. You don't get that unless you put in the work. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. It's like I started looking at like people gaming the system and like yeah. I see, especially right now, like look at Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Just take Instagram, like. As one case study, if you want to game the system on Instagram, like I'm giving you literally the strategy to get you from like zero to 50,000 followers right now, if you really want it, post three reels a day that are just entertaining the people. Yeah. That's it. And it doesn't, you can literally do, you can define entertainment however you mm-hmm. want, but do make something sure the reel entertaining fits the screen. It's yeah, not like horizontal. 30 seconds, it fits yeah. the screen, it has fonts, it has the trending yeah. music, mm-hmm. and you will find a niche that they will eat that shit up. Yep. One, how fulfilling will that be for mm-hmm. you if you're just putting up content that you don't really care about? Yep. But two, you're not putting in the real work is what I would say. And the, yeah. the real yeah. work is like the key to becoming like the best podcast. Like the, what, when I sat down, because what you thought mm-hmm. and those, those thoughts happened with me and they happen with so many other people out there, mm-hmm. but hopefully this can comfort you a little, is the goal has always been to be the best host mm-hmm. and provide the best show possible. Mm-hmm. 
And if that's to one listener or to one million, mm -hmm. it's the same difference to me. So yeah. defining that first and like chasing that first and then everything else will follow. And like seeing him in the last dance where it's just like the only reason he really cried like that is because he's like, fuck, like I've been working every day every day for yeah. seven years yeah. like and that was the other thing i didn't know it took like it took a, like the best player in the world took seven mm -hmm. years yeah. to win a championship well, and he had to lose to the pistons three times yep. yeah seven, like, years. seven years and seven that's... years and i sit here i'm crying about like one or two right. years yeah on that like player. i have to keep coming back to like yeah. i agree with all that and you know it's two things one remembering you know oh wait even if i don't like that show that's bigger than us they're four years in yeah they're not less than a year. We're less than a year in. So less I have to remember in. that. And then to just always coming back to like, we're not going to whore ourselves out to a trend just to get followers. Or we're not going to, mm. we're not going to talk about a hot button topic if it's not something that we align with, because we're going to make what we want to make. And just always when I have that competitive, comparative tension of like, I want to make a living making this podcast because I love it love every moment of it. I want to keep, I want to do this for a living. Remembering we're only going to get there by making what we want to make. We're not going to get there by making what this we hits think home other people want to make. Yeah, this yeah. hits home so much with me because like my big thing is like I want to spoil my wife one day. Yeah. Yep. It's just like I know how hard she works mm -hmm. yeah. and like the fruit from our brand isn't mm -hmm. reaping yet. Yeah. And it, I know like if I just keep going it's mm -hmm. it's yeah. going to reap a fruit that like 9 out of 10 people will yeah. never taste in their, in yeah. their life, right? Yeah. Maybe even more, 9.9, .9, yeah. maybe the 1%, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's so tough, though, when you're considering everything else around you. And then also the dynamic I see for you guys is mm -hmm. like having it win so that, I mean, it would be really cool to just like work on a brand that, with your brother every yeah. single day. And yeah. like that's, yeah. mm -hmm. that's the jam. So I, I hit home with that. But what else has mm -hmm. maybe you can answer this yeah, like, yeah, other go. than like the competitive edge of wanting to be a little bit further ahead right. than oh, where you're at. Ions farther. Like where's oh, the struggle? Mine is twofold. It is putting my ego in place. Kind of, like, mm -hmm. kind of like you, uh, from the aspect of, I never feel like I'm doing enough. I never feel like I am working hard enough on this thing. We both have other jobs. We both have other things and responsibilities mm -hmm. and lives outside of what is the podcast. But knowing where I want to take it, there is a massive struggle with balancing how much work is realistic and how much time and effort and what I can actually do with what we have before we outpace where we are. Because, you know, you could drop the most sophisticated F1 engine in a Pinto and it wouldn't do anything, right? So does it behoove me to get this piece of equipment? where we are now will it be effective or will it just be this super powered engine in a junker mm -hmm. right so i struggle with that a lot keeping pace with where we are and not so much with being happy with the product i'm a little bit of, of a perfectionist in this way i know how good we are and how good we can be so on little things like sketches on things like audio quality things like that my biggest struggle is being okay with good enough to release, not being precious. I have strangled things and not released things that I probably should have because I'm embarrassed or I don't feel like it meets a, a minimum quality. So it's understanding what part of that is true and real. Like if you have an episode that has dynamite content, but the audio is a little jacked, you got to release it. 
I mean, it sucks and it's going to hurt because you're going to come like, you're I can't, gonna hear about I it. can't tell you how you know many what Descript times. is. No, no. Uh, but you're like, never going to have audio problems yeah, after yeah. this conversation. So we're good to but go. But <laughs> I can't tell you. And we, we haven't had, like I spent, I can't tell you how many hours I spent like researching, you know, various audio methods and new microphones and inputs and, and all those things to make sure that what we have now is perfect. It's like dialed in, but it hurts so much every time I felt like we would get some feedback. Hey, Gunner's audio is, is too loud or yours is too soft or whatever it was. And I know it was helpful, but it, the struggle was with the ego. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, the thing I'm doing isn't right. So that is my personal struggle. Yeah. I, th- I think the other, it, it's kind of in the same vein of both. What we just said is yeah. having to live with the fact that like our sweat equity in the mm-hmm. podcast right now is going to significantly outweigh our time equity. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, when we're working on it, the sweat and the tears and the care and the passion is unmatched and unrivaled by anybody that has a podcast. Anybody yeah. making something, I guarantee you, doesn't care about what they're making more than we care about Texas. No offense. You're almost there. You're second place. <laughs> but I can only dedicate two hours a week to it. One, it's not obligation. It's I'm not going to sacrifice the loyalty and the duties and the responsibility that I have for my wife. I'm not going to sacrifice the loyalty and the, and the dedication I have to the job that pays my bills. I'm not going to right now sacrifice the time it takes to prepare for a hundred mile race. Like, yeah. and it makes me sick. I hate it because what I wish is I run, I podcast, hang out with my wife, period, end of story, no stress, but I have to live with like, look, my wife comes first. My marriage comes first this podcast thing that I want to be the thing, it doesn't get my full blown attention right now from a like day to day perspective. And that's hard, but I, I believe like it will be worth it for the day to come that like, Hey, quit your job because this is your job. Now you don't have to stress about juggling or plate spinning or stepping on feet because you're chasing your dreams. Like your dreams come true. So let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah, that's the yeah. idea. So here, here I have you. You're making fun of how much you care about the the podcast and <laughs> uh, saying I can be in second place. Um, but your boy clear, got that was him. Your 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 <laughs> that boy was me. <laughs> got uh, got voted most competitive in high school when I graduated. So Heck I yeah. have that edge nice. in me as well. And some food for thought. Every parent is going to say they care about their kid the most. Mm-hmm. That's true. But it's more so how are you feeding the kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you setting the kid up for success? Mm-hmm. Did either of you read what was on the whiteboard when you walked in here? Was it efficiency is greater than... No, effectiveness, effectiveness is greater than efficiency. Is greater than efficiency. Yeah. Right? Yes. So doing what is effective is more important than doing what's efficient. And that's yeah. what a lot of people, especially on podcasts, mm-hmm. fail to do is just like, your show is going to grow more the more that you get on other shows. Yeah. Yeah. Period. And this is our first step in that direction. So, this like, literally our that's first, one, like, like, effective approach yeah. to it. Then the second effective approach to it is just, like, your show is going to grow more the more that people listen to it, they actually share it with somebody else. Yeah. So then figuring out how do you get somebody how to, to make it share shareable. it, yeah. right? So you start doing less, actually. Mm-hmm. So with your two hours, instead of being, like, someone said this on LinkedIn the other day. It was, like, it's less about recording more and more about what are you doing with the recording yeah 
And that's really where a lot of people don't spend enough time. And even in my head, I'm like trying to figure out, and that's why I asked you about Descript because I'm building systems with Yash on like, how do we, how do we take one episode and we like literally maximize every Mm -hmm. single episode we're doing? Because if you can do that and you can do that over five years, you will, you will hit every goal that Mm -hmm. you've ever had. Um, But that's a whole other topic off this (laughs) conversation. It it is interesting though. And to your point, that backend thing is it's easy to neglect it in favor of pouring your fire into the content itself mm-hmm. and just neglecting setting that content up for success. Yeah. It's just like a movie. Yeah. The movie, like a movie, you could have the best actors, but if yeah, no one yeah. ever watches it, does it matter? Yeah. Does it matter? I so, don't know. Ask Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> ask Cannes 24. The big part of the equation is like partnering with somebody that cares. Like you said, you mm-hmm. care so mm-hmm. much. Well, you need to find somebody that cares about your growth as much as you care about the content that goes into yeah. your podcast. Yeah. And that's something where it's tricky for everyone because like, I care about this as well. I re-listen to mm-hmm. every podcast I've ever had multiple times. Mm-hmm. I rewatch the content multiple yeah. times. I have mm-hmm. every single podcast I've recorded on a hard drive. Yep. And I'm just waiting to like hand it off to someone and be like, I want you to create five clips from all these yeah. podcasts yeah. and even dating back by mm-hmm. two years. I care that much. And that's where it's just like, for me, I'm just like, okay, now is the phase where I need somebody, you're talking public relations, it's just like, I need to partner with somebody who cares as much about growing me Mm -hmm. as I do about showing up for for you two and making this a great experience. So it hits home with me. And before we wrap up, you're wearing a shirt that I want to get into right now. Um, And I'd love to just tell this part of your story. Mm -hmm. Gunner is preparing to run 100 miles right now and it's been super inspiring to watch at squatch frontier fitness so i'd love for you to just why the hell are you running 100 miles and <laughs> how's it going to feel once you do man i mean what i appreciate that you believe in me as much as i believe in me to finish it there's no question about finishing it man the why is is so complex in some ways like i overthink it a lot but it's birds sing because they were made to sing teachers teach because they were made to teach i run 100 miles because i was made to do it Like it really comes down to when God put me together, he put in me a desire. I think the ability comes with work, but he put in me a desire and a knack to hear someone ran a hundred miles and think I could do that. Cause I think a lot of people hear like so-and-so ran a hundred miles and they think I can never do that. The first time I read the book born to run by Chris McDougal and read about the Leadville 100, which is the first hundred miler I've ever heard of. I'm 17, live in Andrews, Texas, have never run more than 30 minutes and thought I'm going to do that. That guy ran 100 miles. I can run 100 miles. So yeah, I think it just comes down to like, I was born with a desire to do it. I've been very fortunate and have stumbled upon the ability to do it as well. Have a natural knack for running in college, join the triathlon team. I hate swimming. Biking is expensive, but God, I loved running. And so I just thought, well, I'll start with a marathon. Did a marathon. It went well. Qualified for Boston while I was in college. Fortunate enough and like got to go do Boston while I was in college. And like my mom and dad were there. My now wife was there. And that was awesome. And then have gotten to step into the ultra endurance world and have been fortunate enough to move my legs for that period of time. And Leadville has been like the dream for since I read that book. Western States is on there too, but that's such an elite level race like to get into. And I'm just pretty realistic about like starts with Leadville. I don't think I'm going to be a race into Western States guy, but Leadville, which has historically been either raffle or invite only 
opened up this qualification system last year with three races, winner take all, you win, you're in. And one of them is right here in Burnett, Texas at Rivoli Peak Ranch. So in our backyard. And I knew like all the way back to, I know I can do it because I was made to do it. I knew when I heard about that race, like, all right, it's time to win. Let's do it. And so it was a 50K and... God's very good and no rolled ankles, no sickness, no, like all the things that could go wrong didn't won the race. And now we're getting ready for Leadville. Hell yeah. I look for, and when is Leadville? It's uh, August 20th. Awesome. And yep. what's Seth going to be doing while he's, he's making sure you don't die. Making sure I don't die. Yeah. Seth's job. He's the crew chief. Yeah. So he, it's kind of twofold. His job is to make sure that my pacers, so my wife is one of my pacers, and my friend Walker is one of my pacers. My friend Nick, um, who's a wilderness first aid certified former backpack guide, is also on the crew. And we just picked up a camera guy. Picked up a camera guy, but uh, Seth's job is to like make sure that I don't die, but also make sure nobody convinces me to stop. Yeah. Because I'm sure that whether it's 20 miles in or 90, there's going to come some points where I look like I need to stop. I've never run 100 miles. Like, this is my first 100 miler. We live in Texas. This race is 12,000 feet in the air. Let's be realistic. I mean, this heat, though, like I saw you the other day running six miles. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, quick. Yeah. Like 100 degrees. Yeah. He's he's training right. I'm training as best I can, but like. Again, I'm not I'm not in Colorado, you know. Yeah. So you, yeah. you don't know until you know. Yeah, but but Seth's, Seth's job is to make sure that the only person who pulls me off the course is a medic, yeah. and and that's the only way I'm coming off. So yeah, his his job is to keep me alive, but also make sure nobody. <laughs> but make sure you finish. Yeah, makes yeah. Hell that's yeah. I I heard that's the older brother. <laughs> yep, yep. I like I heard, and the reason I say that is like I've heard other ultra runners talk about like. Your crew's job is to get you to the finish line, not convince you to stop. Yeah. Because yeah. I think some people think, like, your crew's job is to keep you safe. It's no. like, no, your crew's job yeah. is to get you across the finish line. Yeah. There there are medics at the checkpoints yeah, that, <laughs> that will pull you off. There are people who have power of attorney, and yeah. the crew's not those people. Correct. Yeah. So. Cause the, uh, yeah cause... so it's also managing all of the personalities involved in the crew and mm-hmm. making sure that we're all on the same page. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. One day I look forward to hopefully maybe taking on a similar feat. And it's Dude, funny yeah. uh, for those listening, like Gunner's really inspired me to start thinking of like, I've been running a lot, like in the past two years yeah. and a lot of it stemmed from, okay, going into COVID, I didn't run at all. Mm-hmm. And I was an ex soccer player and I, I used to run a lot like mm-hmm. for the sport and how can I become my best self? And similar to you of like, I hate swimming, like I'm never going <laughs> to swim. Swimming sucks. And like biking is just, it doesn't seem thrilling to me and yeah. it's expensive mm-hmm. and so i just put some running shoes on and started running and then high rocks came about and then i saw how running impacted me there and then with thrive so i don't know if you two know the story of like how it started but mm-hmm. um my wife's father died in a spin class right? and yeah. like of a heart attack and that's mm-hmm. how it all started and he used to run marathons he ran mm-hmm. boston and we were running on the trail on his death date two weeks ago and mm-hmm. i'm sitting there thinking i'm just like I need to form a race mm-hmm. on his 10 year anniversary. That'd be awesome. Do it. So I haven't spoken about this publicly at all, but I figured this was a good time because you're getting ready to run 100, but mm-hmm. you've really inspired me to think like, okay, like what if I got a 10 K mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. here in Austin spun up and I raised money and I Heck did yeah. all that stuff for his tenure. Um, so that it's just like her hashtag for him when he died was like running for Kevin. Mm-hmm. And what I want to switch it to is running with Kevin. Yeah. I like so it. like when, so it's pretty cool to see everyone at Squatch running and I'm just like starting to formulate all this stuff. And then mm-hmm. the other thing is he died at age 53. So what I'm going to sign up for, I think prior to like starting that race is mm-hmm. like my, own journey of okay i need to do something that scares me yeah and, yeah. and it's 53 you, yeah right? and it's 53 miles yeah. and because like i'm the type of person who's like i know i can go run a marathon yeah. like yeah. Seth, like Seth, i've never seen you run when we're at squatch you can go run a marathon like he, you're in shape he ran enough. a 515 mile yesterday yeah like, like you, you could go run a marathon like it's gonna that's hurt in shape, it's, it's gonna, gonna hurt, hurt. yeah you're no, gonna finish I, it like Knees are i hurt. always tell people that are like i'm running a half marathon run a full you can run a full it's yep. within human capacity but yeah, like to do a full over that thirty mile mark, I'm just yeah. like, dude. Oh, Honest, it's kind of crazy. Like when oh. you cross twenty seven, there's something in at least my body that's like, oh, okay, this is gonna hurt now. You've gone past what like human limitations are. Yeah, and then it's just um, like the hours start adding yeah. up, and just like for me, it's like food and like yeah, uh, just, just get pretzels. All the things yeah. that I mean, I'm I just gonna throw it out there. You say sign up for a 53 miler. You can go to Ladybird Lake and run around it five and a half times. Oh yeah. So I've been talking to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and they said to make it more fun for yourself. Yeah. Sure. Like sign up for something, and like if you finish, great. If you don't, like, well, in in practice, they were like, yeah, don't practice around ladybird like go sign up for a 30 miler <laughs> yeah. like somewhere else yeah and that's then just fair, like that's go have fun with it yeah, yeah. Um, make it a thing yeah make it a thing yeah. and it, get uh, some food at the aid station yeah and like yeah. T- t- test it out see it yeah. but yeah. to make it more fun for yourself because it's like running around ladybird lake four times is pretty boring really yeah. boring yeah right so make it fun get the adrenaline of it yeah. so yeah. i think this fall like I have a couple high rex races, but I'm going to try and navigate. I'm probably going to do like a 30 miler Heck sometime yeah. this fall. Heck yeah. um, but again, just wanted to say that here at the end, yeah. it's been an inspiration to that. Thanks, man. Um, at the end of every episode, I pretty much ask the same couple questions, but before mm-hmm. we get into it, anybody that listened today and loved your story and they would love to connect with you, where do they do that at? Man. Uh, so Texish is the podcast. You can mm-hmm. find it on all of your major podcast yeah. platforms and even some of the small ones. Uh, mostly have, Spotify, mostly Apple. Spotify, Apple. Those are the if, two big if ones. If you, when you go look us up, please listen to episodes, but please leave a review. Please yeah. uh, send share it, it to one like person. It. No, just share it. Don't even listen to it. Share <laughs> it. And if they don't, if yeah. the person you send it to doesn't like it, tell them you didn't listen to it beforehand. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On uh, the episode coming out this coming Monday on June 20th, we mm-hmm. get into Juneteenth and how it gets swallowed up by Pride Month. We're going there. It's going to be great. Um, sorry if we offend you. Um, but yeah, go check sorry it out. Ish. Uh, follow us Tex-ish, on Instagram sorry-ish. at Texas pod. Yeah. All one word. All one word. Uh, we got memes there. We have sketches, memes and sketches. We're on YouTube as well. Texas pod, Texas pod on YouTube and then personal accounts, uh, Texas underscore gunner G U N N A R Texas underscore Seth S E T H. Uh, that's where you can find us. Love it. Highly recommend reaching out to these guys. They're super inspiring. Um, and yeah, just, again, go listen to their podcast. Thank um, you. Whether you like it or you don't like it, you can respect the craft. And that was one of the things. It's just like I, I can tell how much work you're putting into mm-hmm. it uh, behind the scenes just by just from the intro and then getting into the podcast and then the outro of it. Um, so kudos to you guys. But the last question that I always ask everybody mm-hmm. is when I say the word thriving, mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? Ooh. What comes to your mind? 
and it's not fair because there's two of you so they, you yeah. can like so play off of each like, other. Yeah. So like I want you to think of your responses and you mm-hmm. can't change you can't mold it so i have to have my person. answer and, and it has to, yeah so you have to have separate answers right. it has to be completely so, separate yeah, so you got to keep that in your mm-hmm. head so whoever goes first the other person you got to say what you were gonna say mm-hmm. prior <laughs> prior you can't change your answer can't change all right your give answer. me a second i, I have change oh you have you, you yeah. can all go right. gunner can go so like when when you're like what comes to your mind i i immediately think and believe this living an unhurried life so Getting getting to a place in life where I have to follow that. What? That is a tough what? one. That's a I've, tough I've one heard to follow. Hundreds of these, and that is unique, which I, is like living an unhurried just life. Unhurried, getting to the point where there's there's no hurry, and, and I say that because like there's gonna be stress, there's gonna be worry, there's gonna be tribulation, but thriving is like there is no hurry to my life. There's no hurry around me. There's no hurry within my marriage, within my career, within any pursuit. Just I love that. Living an unhurried life. Living on fire with purpose is what came to mind. Um, just someone who at every interaction, when they wake up, when they meet people, they see the possibility, not the problem. <sighs> Living in an unhurried life style and seeing the purpose, not the problem. I love that. The biggest takeaway I have here today, and that's something I get into at the end of every podcast, really would go back towards the beginning where you guys are Mm -hmm. just super intentional with your relationship. I think that stems into all areas of your life. So if there's someone out there that you need to call or a friend that you haven't seen in a while, my ask of you is to pick up the phone, get on FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, however the hell you wanna do it, but let that person know that you're still in their life and that you want to be in their life and that you want to be intentional with the relationship moving forward. Because I think if you're intentional with the relationships around you, you start to become more intentional with the things that you must do in your life Mm -hmm. when it comes to your career, your passions, and your purpose, as Seth would say. So again, guys, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for spending some of your time. Thank you. uh, It was a lot of fun. You you are... If your goal is to be the best host, you're exceeding that goal. Um, I appreciate that. With like I, we've had. I'm gonna yeah. speak for both of us. We've Please. had fantastic time, and it pains me that we had to move this date back. A few times. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. For yeah. a reason, but I, I'm eager for more, and uh, we really appreciate you, man. Thank you. Yeah, let's make it a goal. Um, I want to have you back on after the hundred miler. So next year we'll, we'll, we'll we'll run it back. And then at that point, hopefully we can both chat about how our podcasts are doing better than we expected. How they're thriving. Until next time, this is CJ Finley with the Thrive On Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up y'all. This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive On Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.